Hey guys, welcome back to the GOAT Podcast. This is our Friday edition. Did things a little differently for Thursday. Monica is in town because my wife had her tonsils obliterated from her body. And so, as she recovers, Monica graciously agreed to come and help because I have to hit the road for Nashville this weekend. You didn't need to know any of that. I'm sure you don't (laughs) even care about it. But I wanted to say, that's why Monica's back on the podcast and we kind of changed some things up. Yep. Tell them a little bit, Monica, as we start, why we're doing it this way. Because you were doing something for me. Mm-hmm. You were here. It just kind of seemed to make sense. So go ahead and tell yeah. them kind of what the motivation behind you being involved with this top 50, you know, discussion. So I was listening to Michael's uh, 1 through 10 episode, his top 1 through 10 players. And she thought it was impeccable. She loved it. <laughs> Every player was right. I had a lot of thoughts and I was like, man, I really need to figure out how to share, share them. And I was like, I was kind of busy and I was like, I really just don't want to blow Michael up with text for it. I listen to the podcast at work a lot of times. And so I have to do like two minutes here, two minutes there. And so I don't want to blow him up with text for the entire day. So I was like, I'll just write an email. And so I wrote this very long email with all of my thoughts. It was like eight lines long. Like, not lines, like eight eight subjects like, long. Yeah. Yeah. I had like eight bullet points. Yeah. And on the second one, I think I had more. I think I had like 11. <laughs> well, we decided to circumvent the list yesterday and go ahead and just have her on to talk about the top 30 players. And today we're going to have her talk about my rankings of 31 through 50. Now... I do trick on this particular listing because at the very end are some running backs and they're not in the exact order that I will put them. Monica, explain to them why I've done it that way. Because Michael does not want to give away to all the fantasy football people what he's going to do. I love running backs more than I love my own children sometimes. Um, Not sometimes. All the time. You're right. No. (laughs) no. Uh, But I love the running back position in fantasy football, and I'll talk about that, and then we got to get on to it because I don't want it to take forever because you got to get home. Running backs in fantasy football, they have to be the best position outside of quarterback. They touch the ball the second most amount of times of any other player other than a center and a quarterback. Mm -hmm. If you find a good one, a Derrick Henry – uh, a bell cow, Najee Harris, Austin Eckler, who's a good recept- uh, receiving back. If you can find a good guy like that, you have basically added another quarterback position in some cases onto your team. Mm-hmm. Why people value wide receivers more baffles me, and I get it. A guy like Tyreek Hill can have a game where he has 12 receptions for 189 yards and five touchdowns, and that's happened. Yeah, yeah. Not the five touchdowns, probably three, but still, that's a monster game. Yeah, and then Tyreek Hill has another game where he has four receptions for 49 yards and no touchdowns. Meanwhile, Derrick Henry has Or had, one reception for eight yards. Yeah. Meanwhile, Derrick Henry has had 40 carries over those two games for 458-something yards and three touchdowns. Who would you rather have on your team? Yeah. Come on, knock it off. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. You might think this is rude, and I'm going to be rude. Wide receivers are not better than running backs, and if you think that, then you need to evolve as a fantasy football player. Mm-hmm. That's the meanest I'll ever get on the podcast, more than likely, unless you're a more Baltimore Ravens fan, and then we're going to talk. But Unless you, you're a Michigan fan. Well, and think about it. Think about it. My track record does speak for itself with this particular thing. I do not scout anything better than I scout running backs. I remember sending you A.J. Dillon footage 
Yes. Right before people started talking about AJ Dillon being a very good pick, because yes. I te- I sent you and I said Derrick Henry two question mark. Mm-hmm. And you watch the footage, and then lo and behold, he's a second round pick for the Green Bay Packers the next month. Right. So yeah, th- I'm not gonna give the farm on the running backs. Even when I do my top 25, the days before the draft, I'm still not going to give the farm on that. Mm-hmm. But that being said, number 31. Well, we know your number one is B. John Robinson. Absolutely. My number one running back ever might you, be B. John you, Robinson. You said that for yeah. months. But it's kind of easy. We have 26 seconds. But it's kind of easy to talk about B. John Robinson as being the best running back because every year there's that one guy that everybody's talking about. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was that guy a few years ago. Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. It's easy to know who those guys are. Right. McCaffrey was my number one that year, though, and I stand by it. Somehow still managed to get both of them on my team. Thanks, Matthew. Uh, But it is five minutes in. We're going to try to spend one minute per prospect max. So, number 31. Trenton Simpson, linebacker, Clemson Tigers. Good. All right, we're just moving on. Number 32, Julius Brents, Wildcats. Whoa. I told you I was on a cornerback kick. He is a quarterback. Um, six Whoa. foot four. He's a senior. Monica, your thoughts? I am surprised to see Julius Brents this high. Why? Uh, he. Uh, I watched him some. I didn't watch him as much as I probably should to have a good opinion, but it didn't really jump out at me as much. And I guess, I mean, we're getting towards the bottom of this, but still I would think at this point they should jump out more. I can understand that. I looked at him as a guy that it's a cornerback heavy class. This might be the best cornerback class in years. It's a good tight end class and good corner. And this is one of those where, like, a Julius Brents, you might not see him till round three, mm-hmm. but you might be getting a round one prospect in any other class. Mm-hmm. If you pluck Julius Brents into last year's class, does he go in the first two rounds? Probably. I would think so, too. So that's why he made the list there at 32. 33, Dalton Kincaid. Wow. That is value i really like dalton king I, I do too he's in some cases a lot of people's number one tight end um even higher than michael meyer and let's see what tdn has here as the reasons to buy and he's got outstanding ball skills and hands body control and competitive toughness uh he was used in college can translate to the nfl but he only has modest appeal as an inline blocker and he was a touch taller with a bit more mass is what they're saying. He would be a touch taller. Right. And only played football dating back to 2017. I didn't know that about him. Um, yeah. He's I, only been a starter for six years then. I say I remember. A player for six years. I remember. I think they talked about it in one of the games I watched uh, of theirs. But he's, I mean, he's pretty good on the on. He's a pr- he's a pretty decent receiver, especially considering who his quarterbacks have been. You see this right here? Prospect comparison. <laughs> Greg Dolchich. Or Dolcich. I um, don't really know how to say it. But he's a tight end for the Broncos that I yeah. think is going to have a really big year, too. Yes. So Dalton Kincaid makes it there at 33. 34, Jalen Hyatt. 
Yes, finally. So glad you finally have him in here. Yeah, I, I'm worried about him because I think I read this on the on TDN and it kind of was summarizing what I was thinking. So let me see if I can pull it mm-hmm. up here. Um, he he had no doubt a great season last year. Uh, 15 touchdowns, 67 receptions. But that there it is. One year of meaningful production. He's got a slender build. Um, he's got a developing route tree and needs to have an ability to win for more alignments. His, he's he's remembered for that one game against Alabama. What did what, he do in that game? I'm pretty sure How, he had like 18 touchdowns. I mean, probably he had 15 on the year, but 18 against Alabama. Yes, no exactly. doubt. Um, I don't really remember. I just remember it. Yeah, it felt like every play he was getting in the end zone. I think he'll be a second round pick. I don't see him in the top 31 players selected. I don't even know that I see him in round two, but I think he could very easily be a round three guy who lands on the right team and just goes. He reminds me of Tyreek Hill a little bit. Okay, let's see what the pro comparison was because I liked seeing that um, on Dalton Kincaid. When I when I watched that game against... Will uh, Fuller. Will that Fuller. should scare you. Yikes. Joe Marino has him as a second-round value, so... You know, he. I disagree with Joe a little bit on that. Joe's Joe's usually. I've liked reading his mm-hmm. stuff, but no, I, I don't know that I agree with him there personally. When I, when I watched him against Alabama, and there was another game where he had like a monster, and I was like, "That's Tyreek Hill." Yeah, I saw a lot of that. And I could I could see the Chiefs maybe taking the flyer at thirty-one if they felt like they needed him to replace Juju. Yeah. But Sky Moore, I think, can do a lot of that, too. Right. 35. DJ Turner. I would have put DJ Turner over Julius Prince. Yeah. I won't blame you. But it's not your list. No. No, <laughs> no. it's not. Uh, 36. But I still get to put my comments <laughs> on your list. 36. Jordan Battle. Uh, safety. Alabama. Um, I like Jordan Battle more than I like Brian Branch. Really? Let's pull up his pro comparison. Because I really liked that. Let's see here. Do they have one? Well, they don't have one for him. Hmm. Got him as a second round value. He ran a 4-5 as a 6-1. That's not terrible. No. Um, But yeah, Jordan Battles 36. 37. Tuli Tuipolotu. I love him. Yeah, I... He's growing on me. Yeah, I like late on Saturday nights. I'd like to watch, you know, watch them play. Right. He's one that definitely was catching my eye on TDN. He's falling into the third round most most of the mocks that I've done. That is a steal. All right, thirty-seven, Henry Tuatou. I just glared at Michael. <laughs> what? <laughs> Bama bias coming out. Ugh. Or is he not great? From a middle linebacker, you want someone that can that can captain your your defense, right? Yeah, like you want. Yeah. They've got him as a third round value. They have Ernest Jones, which he's turned out to be a really good player for the Rams. Um, they have him projecting in an ideal role as a starting Mike linebacker. I'm trying to remember. Which, who it was, 
I was there in person watching Alabama, but I can't remember who they were playing. And it was one of Toto's first. There was the another middle linebacker who was injured. Right. I can't remember. I cannot remember who was injured or anything like that. But he looked lost yeah. out there. Like he did not know what was going on. And I really, I noticed that then and it just kept, I just felt like that never went away. Like he always looked lost in Alabama's defense. And that's not something that you want from a middle linebacker. And he kind of lost favor for me. But at Tennessee, I thought he looked excellent. So I don't know what happened. Yeah. He's he's kind of one of those guys where he'll get drafted because of the A on the side of his helmet, but I think he yeah. can carve out a good role in the right place. Tucker Craft, 38. Yeah, good. I want to see what his pro comparison is while you talk about him here. Don't really have a lot to say about him. Didn't have a ton of production last year, 27 receptions, 348 yards, three touchdowns. But he's a better blocker, isn't he? Right. Hunter Henry, I, I can see that. And Hunter Henry, before he left Los Angeles, did do a really good job. So Yeah. All right, 39, Keon White, Edge, Yellow Jackets. Don't really know much about him. I didn't either, but I, looking into his production here, he is a senior. He had seven and a half sacks, 13 tackles for loss, eight quarterback hits. So he's a guy that can get to the quarterback. That's pretty impressive numbers. They have no pro comparison on him, unfortunately. But Five technique they have him end. technically as a defensive end, as the ideal ideal role. So, you know, second-round grade on him, second-round value. and I mean, he's big enough to be a defensive end. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. All right, 40. You ready? Let's go. Which, by the way, I had Keon White exactly where TDN had him, right at 39. <laughs> 40. Marvin Mims, wide receiver, Oklahoma Sooners. I agree with this. I think it's a good place for him. He's going to he's gonna fall because of his size. He's 177 pounds. Soaking wet, he might be 175. But he'll go to a team, and I think he could eat in the slot. Why, why would Minnesota not want to take a second-round flyer on him or the Eagles say, hey, we've got Devontae Smith, mm-hmm. but we lost Justin Paschal or Zach Paschal. Yeah. And Justin Paschal's a preacher that I know it's not Zach. <laughs> It's a good thing it's on the Scatter the Broad Network that people will know we are holy here. Uh, we, we think about preachers before we think about wide receivers. Um, but Justin Pascal is not his name. It is Zach Pascal. I could see the Eagles taking him and not batting an eye in mm-hmm. round two. I could see them even saying at pick 30, hey, we won't bat an eye. We'll, we'll reach even for him if there's a wide receiver run. I think I think he's he's in a good spot. Yeah. I, I He's going to get picked up by a good team. All right. Number 41, B.J. Ojolari. Yes. LSU Tigers. Let's go. I like him a lot. Yes. I, so. Yes. Okay. Watching him and Harold Perkins at LSU was amazing yeah. to watch. I think that B.J. Ojolari is not going to be drafted very high because he's also unfortunately in a class with Miles Murphy, Tyree Wilson, and Will Anderson. Uh, but he's a junior coming out, had five and a half sacks, seven quarterback hits, five tackles for loss, 
do they give him a pro comparison? Why? What is up with them not giving a pro comparison for these guys? I don't know. I think he's. I think he's going to be a very, very talented uh, pass rusher, and a, a team like Dallas, Detroit. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, if he was to come out next year, he would right. be overshadowed by Harold Perkins. Yeah. So I mean, his own teammate. Yeah. Like, <laughs> either way, it's a lose lose. So right. I, I think it was smart to come out this year. All right. What was that forty one? I believe so. Forty two. Clark Phillips, a Utah Ute. Yes. He's only this low because of his size. He's a slot corner. He can't really be a shutdown, in my opinion, with his size. And I think that will hurt him. If he were six feet, he'd probably be higher than uh, Brent's. Yes. But. His, whenever I was watching him play in a couple of Utah games that I got to watch, I was impressed with him. I was very impressed with him. 42. Okay. Zach Charbonnet. <laughs> Running back. Ooh. Boston Bruins. No, this is the UCLA, UCLA Bruins. So this is a guy that is probably a number one running back if it weren't for Bijan and Jameer Gibbs in any other draft class. I think he could be a number one running back. He played on a very good team. Yes. And has really – he's got a lot of ability, but he's not very fast according to TDN – uh, he gets happy feet. You know, he just kind of runs in place, so to so to speak. He does a lot of side to side. Right. Their pro comparison is Elijah Mitchell, and I like that. I think Elijah Mitchell, if it weren't for his knee injury, the 49ers don't go trade for Christian McCaffrey, and Elijah Mitchell is still a starting running back in the NFL. Yes. So Zach, Jacques, Jacques Charbonnet. Jacques Zach Charbonnet. Carbonero, Carbonero is a guy that I think will be rewarded for that. TDN is not as high on him. I have him at 42. They have him at 71. I, I'm i a big Zach Carbonet fan. Do you have him, and you can disagree with me on this, but do you have him higher than Bijan in your mind? Higher than Bijan, no. Higher 1A, than 1A, 1B, or 1A, or 1 and then 2? 1 and 2. Okay. So, 43. Sean. Bout is that Bout Boot? What is? Um, I've heard his last name said so many ways. Booty, you know, is probably what some people have said. Oh yeah, they they said it on a few broadcasts. Look, that this way. this is a guy I would draft just because of the school he went to, and take a flyer and just look at it. He didn't have the touchdowns. He had forty eight receptions, five hundred thirty eight yards, and two touchdowns. TDN has a pro comparison for him. Oh, no, they don't. I nope. thought they did. It was It's another guy. They have, though, as his top reasons to buy in. He's got big playability. He's a versatile, you know, uh, got versatile alignment, yeah. vertical threat receiver. But he has focus drops, limited catch radius, and he needs to improve his release package. Okay, so last offseason, there was a big debate on whether or not he was going to come to Alabama. Mm-hmm. And why didn't I, he? I don't really know. Because he I, would have been the number one guy, right? If he did, I think he is the number one receiver in this class. Probably not wrong. Jackson Smith and Jigbo would have a word with you on that, right, JSN? Well, <laughs> I would, I would still put JSN above. Yeah, but, but it's, it'd be. I, I think you're right, though. Yeah. But, I mean, as far as, like, a general consensus. All right, so that was 43. 44, Noah Sewell, linebacker, Oregon Ducks. 
I'm obsessed with Noah Sewell. I'm stalking him on all social media sites because I think he's going to be a really good linebacker. I'm not I, really stalking him, though. I have been talking about Noah Sewell for how long? Months. Yeah. Uh, I want to know if they gave him a pro comparison. Yeah, I... Dante Hightower, oh, Dante. yeah. I don't disagree with that. Um, I, I think he that's a very good a com- comparison. He is a powerful hitter. It is... Yep. Uh, he's so fun for me so to watch. So he's 44, right? I believe so. 45. As a quarterback. Hendon Hooker. <laughs> yes. I think Hendon Hooker... I really have to think before I say this because it could get me into a lot of trouble. Eh, who cares? It's your own podcast. Good point. Hendon Hooker is probably the best quarterback in this class if it weren't for his ACL injury. Over C.J. Stroud? Yes. And I'll have, I have two words as to back this up and to prove my point. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow came out of nowhere. Like, nobody was talking about Joe Burrow the year that Bama blanked him 29 to nothing. I remember watching that and going, wow, this kid, he is not very good. And no one was really talking about him in any of the rumor mills that I follow and am a part of. None of that. All of a sudden, he comes out, has a spectacular season, wins the Heisman, wins the national championship, and is the first overall pick. Guess who was on that type of route until he tore his ACL? Because look at these statistics, Monica. 3,100 yards, 32 touchdowns, two picks. Yeah, that's literally what I just pulled up. Like, he... I think they would have won that game if it weren't for him tearing his ACL. And it's really unfortunate. They, they've they got a prospect comparison of Geno Smith. I disagree no, with that. I disagree with that completely. And they have this as a fourth-round value. I disagree with that, too. I'll tell you this because we said we'd talk a little bit about it on this podcast. If we can get through this and we're almost done, we'll go to some of the mock draft picks that I made and just mm-hmm. talk about a few of them. I had Hendon Hooker go to the Seahawks in the second round. I had them punt on a quarterback in round one, mm-hmm. and I think they took Tyree Wilson or somebody. Mm-hmm. They took the best other player available, and then they came back and took Hendon Hooker in round two. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for them. He is, he has a very powerful, powerful arm, and his long-distance passes are mm-hmm. astonishingly accurate. And the kid that came in after him, too, is a Joe guy Milton. that I would want to watch. Joe Milton, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because he also has a cannon. He just needs to learn to control it. So there was, I think it was the game that Hendon Hooker got hurt, and Joe Milton comes right out and tosses a tosses yeah, a ball I remember, like across the field. I, I remember like, watching it going, Whoa! Huh. Okay. Because I, I expected them, okay, we're probably going to run the ball yeah. a bit. And no, like they come out immediately. And it was like a crossbody across the field. Yeah. Dead on. That was amazing. 46. Right? Stetson Bennett. No, I'm just kidding. Roshan Johnson. Running back, Texas Longhorns. You have a senior mm-hmm. running back. In your top 50. I do. Why? Because in a year where Bijan Robinson just dominated the whole career, he still had 554 yards rushing and five touchdowns. And I had mocked him in some of the drafts. I talked about it recently where it's like, why do we believe that um, Tony Pollard is going to get a long-term contract? Mm-hmm. 
nothing is really indicating that. So why would it be so crazy that Bijan Robinson ends up in Dallas? Well, why would it be so crazy that Roshan Johnson mm-hmm. ends in Dallas mm-hmm. and goes there? Or why would it be so crazy that he ends up in Cincinnati with Joe Mixon on the rocks or mm-hmm. Cleveland? You know, a, a team that is really about to have to make a big decision. Do we pay this running back a king's ransom or do we let him go? Yeah. So, yeah. I think he's probably a fourth-round pick. Let's see what they say about him because I wonder if you're right. Because I, I wouldn't be surprised, and it could just be some of my my little running back bias. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him sneak into round two or three mm-hmm. if there's a running back run. They've got a pro comparison there of Latavius Murray and a third-round value on him. I don't hate Latavius Murray as a comparison, and I think Murray would have been better if he'd gone anywhere else, but oh well. All right. So that was 47. This is 48. We Somehow we messed up the numbers. but we, we, Yeah. Here's 49. Okay. Devin A. Chain um, for the Aggies. And then 50 is Tank Bigsby for the Auburn Tigers. Devin A. Chain is an intriguing prospect who is really small. He's a Darren Sproles type player. Mm-hmm. But that's all I think he could ever really be in the NFL. And true to form... They have his pro comparison as LaMichael James. That's a throwback. <laughs> if you don't know who LaMichael James is. That is way back. Yeah. I think he could be a good player, though. I don't know for sure, but I think he could be a good player. you have any thoughts on him? Did you watch any Texas A&M games this past year? I did. All they talked about was Devin A. Chain is a track star. Yep. Well, congratulations. That is that going to translate into the NFL? Right. Who knows? Now, Tank Bigsby. Okay. He's got a really cool name. Tank? Tank. It's an amazing name. If we were drafting on name alone, Tank would be my number one pick. Because that is such a cool running back name. Okay. Can we do a can we do a draft where we just draft our favorite names? That actually would be a really good idea. So let me pull up my mock draft that I did today. And go through some of the picks with you for the remaining five, okay. ten minutes that we've got, okay? Full seven-round mock draft practice. All right. We're going to go through round one and th- round one through three. Okay. I'll just read the names off. You tell me if I if, if I made a shocking pick. Okay. C.J. Stroud to the Panthers, Bryce Young to the Texans. I had the Commanders dra- trade up for Anthony Richardson. That's such a disaster. That sounds like a very Washington thing to do. And that's why I did it. And then in Indianapolis gets Will Levis at five. Tyree Wilson. Whoa! So there you go. I told you he was Tyree. he was climbing. Wow! At six, the Detroit Lions. So that's the that's the thing. Tyree Wilson over Will Anderson. Because that's a Seattle thing to do. I don't see them taking the Alabama superstar. I just don't. I don't mm-hmm. know a scheme like that. A, a four three doesn't seem to fit Will Anderson as much as a 3-4 does. Uh-huh. So, Detroit takes Will Anderson, Miles Murphy to the Raiders, Christian Gonzalez to the Falcons, Paris Johnson Jr. to the Bears, Devin Witherspoon to the Eagles, Tennessee Titans take Broderick Jones, offensive I've, tackle. I've seen him mocked to the Titans so much Oh, lately. yeah. It's kind of like when Najee Harris was being mocked to the Steelers years ago. If it doesn't happen, it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Peter Skaronsky for the Texans, Brian Breesey for the Jets, Quentin Johnson 
for the Patriots because that's such a Bill Belichick thing to do. It is. Lucas Van Ness for the Packers. Derek Hall for the Cardinals, who had traded down, essentially. Joey Porter Jr. to the Steelers. Jalen Carter to the Lions. I mentioned that I had him fall in this as a practice run. Yeah. It doesn't happen in real life. But could you imagine if the Detroit Lions walked away with Will Anderson and Jalen Carter? You would... Super Bowl champions. You would give them an A+, plus, no matter what they did for the rest of the draft, mm-hmm. because they made massive improvements to their team if Jalen Carter sees the field. 19 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Brian Branch. Seattle Seahawks again, they take Kalijah Cansey. That Brian Branch to the Buccaneers, it just makes too much sense. Mm-hmm. I really see that one happening. Texans. Texas running back, I should say, Bijan Robinson goes in this draft to the Los Angeles Chargers. This one hurt, but this is how you know I'm not a biased fan. Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Baltimore Ravens. Oh. It, they're taking a wide receiver I think my stomach if just they turned. get a quarterback situation figured out. The only thing worse would have been if he went to the Raiders. But that's that's just what they're going to do, in my opinion. If he's on the board, they're taking him. And you, you take him because the very next team is the Minnesota Vikings. You don't want them going with him. Mm-hmm. So you're blocking as well. And that's another draft strategy we can talk about at another time. Right. Minnesota Vikings take Cam Smith. That's a really good pick. Jacksonville Jaguars take Michael Meyer because Evan Ingram's on a one-year deal. Right. And the two tight end sets should really come back. New York Giants take Jordan Addison, wide receiver for USC. Again, it's how you know I'm not a biased fan. I could have tried to force it to where he's there at 32, but I didn't do it. I also didn't know I was going to show this draft to anybody because it's <laughs> called practice. You can attest to yes. that. Yes. 27, Dallas Cowboys. I took Nolan Smith. Makes that too much sense. Such a good pick. 28, Buffalo Bills, Darnell Washington. Man, I hope that happens. It's got to happen. I want that to happen so much. 29 Bengals take Dalton Kincaid. They need a tight end. That they lost Hayden Hurst. They sign Orlando Brown, but they need a tight end. New Orleans Saints take Zay Flowers because why not give another wide receiver to Derek Carr? Uh, Michael Thomas him. will be gone after this season, and so they've got to have somebody to replace. 31 John Michael Schmintz. Do you know what position John Michael Schmintz plays, Monica? No. Center. Do you know how perfect it would be for the Philadelphia Eagles to draft their starting center with Jason Kelsey still on their team, and he can play guard? And if Kelsey wanted to extend his career out a little longer, he might even be able to kick over to guard for another season or two. Mm-hmm. 32, Josh Downs. Um, just just makes sense. Now, round two, Dewan Jones to the Steelers. He fell in this um, true to form, I said that the Texans needed to take offensive tackles. They take Anton Harrison. I would have switched those two. I would have put Harrison on the Steelers oh, really? and Dewan okay. Jones on the Texans. And then Arizona Cardinals get Keeley Ringo. I was debating taking Keeley at 30, 32 with the Steelers, but I didn't. And I only didn't because we did need the tackle. Right. Julius Brents to the Colts. Darnell Wright to the Rams. Hendon Hooker to the Seahawks. Will McDonald the fourth to the Raiders, Jameer Gibbs to the Panthers. It just makes sense with them having not many defensive holes. They're not going to reach for a wide receiver right here, I don't think. I mean, they kind of are getting a receiver with Jameer Gibbs. And so they're they're going to take the running back because 
Chuba Hubbard has not been great for them in their minds. They don't want to give him the starting job. They let Deontay Foreman go, and they didn't really sign. They signed Miles Sanders. Wow, cool. And I remember talking to you about uh, Chuba Hubbard when yeah. he was coming out of college. He was used too much. He's. I didn't think he was going to be able to. He's had some memorable games as a relief back, but not much else. Yeah. Back to um, go up Hendon Hooker. Yeah. I want him to fall to Denver. If it did, I, I think they would do that. I really do. I think they could do that. Carolina Panthers he won't, took but I would Chris, love it. Uh, oh, oh, New Orleans Saints. Christopher Smith II. Uh, I like that. I don't even know this guy's name. So, Adebore, edge player for the Titans from Northwestern. Deontay Banks for the Jets, cornerback Maryland. And then they get Drew Sanders at 44. That hurt. Wow. But that was the most viable place I felt I could put him. Mm-hmm. 45, the Falcons take Keon White. 46, Jalen Hyatt goes to the Packers, which I think is a really good pairing with Romeo Dobbs and Christopher Watson, Christian they, Watson. The just kind of the Falcons like to pick people from Georgia, so that one makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Are the Packers actually starting to be sensible when Aaron Rodgers is going out the door? That's exactly how it works. New England Patriots take Luke Musgrave, tight end from Oregon State. Even after they just got uh, that... Uh, Mike Gusecki? Yeah. Yeah. Because I think Gusecki's only on a two-year deal. Do they so. still have Hunter Henry? No. They don't? Okay. Or No, they do. They do. They got rid of... Um, Johnny Smith. Yeah, that's right. Washington Commanders take cornerback Emmanuel Forbes. Makes sense. Detroit Lions take Osiris Torrance. I like him. Pittsburgh Steelers get Trenton Simpson at 50. And then you have Clark Phillips III going to the Bucks. Jack Campbell to the Dolphins. That would be intriguing. Antonio Johnson safety to the Seahawks. B.J. Ojolari to the Bears. That would be a spectacular pick for them. 55, Mozzie Smith to the Chargers. Detroit Lions get Felix Anaduki. <laughs> Uzama, edge player from Kansas State. I don't even know if that's how you say his name. I have no idea. Um, anyways, Matthew Bergeron, Jacksonville Jaguars, offensive tackle. Cody Mock, interior offensive line, North Dakota State. Siaki Ika to the Cowboys. You mentioned earlier in a draft I sent you, he would probably be a good pick there. He was there. It made mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Thule going to the Bills, the edge player from USC. Von Miller can't play forever. No. They, get I get mean, your backup going. That's something that they really need to concentrate on. Cincinnati Bengals take Jordan Battle, safety Alabama. That one was hard. It was really hard to do. Well, but they, again, I would say they just lost. I'm not a biased fan in the sense when I do these, I do try to make the team better with what's around them. They just lost Von Bell yep. and uh, And they only have Dax Bates. Hill. Right. Joe Tipman to the Bears, an offensive lineman. Isaiah Fosky, edge player for the Notre Dame, goes to Philadelphia. Jalen Duncan, offensive tackle from Maryland, goes to the Chiefs. The Bears get Zach Charbonnet. I think that's <laughs> a really good pick for them. The Bears are cleaning up in this particular mock in draft. In this draft. Houston Texans take Byron Young, edge player Tennessee. Cardinals take Colby Wooden, edge player Auburn. First pick for the Broncos, I have them dipping back into the Ohio State well. Baron Browning has been a spectacular pick. They need him to play outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. Do not put him back on the inside. No. Let him play edge. But get him another guy. Because 
Um, I can't even think of the guy's name. Um, who did y'all sign last year that he like immediately got hurt? Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. Replace Gregory with Harrison. And then at 69, Tanner McKee, quarterback, Stanford. Okay, so I was on Twitter this morning, mm-hmm. and I saw one of the Broncos writers. He was, he was griping about everything, and he said, why do people keep mocking edge and linebacker to the Broncos? Because we know that's what you need. <laughs> and he he kept he's like it doesn't make any sense but zach harrison makes too much sense well and think about it baron browning did get hurt last year yes. gregory spent most of the year on ir mm-hmm. and then you had other injuries too and you lost players Draymond jones is gone yeah you've got to replace them yeah and I, yeah what do you think about tanner mckee quarterback for stanford going to the broncos because i took this as a they're going to basically say to Russell Wilson, this is it, buddy. This is your last year. If you don't play well, we'll ride with Tanner McKee. We don't have first-round picks until 2049, but we will ride with Tanner McKee until we get those first-round picks, and then when we have the ability to move back up, we'll do it. All right. Can I give a hot take? Sure. I would take Stetson Bidden over Tanner McKee. Wow. Okay. So you would have him go, not not at 69, but no. you would have him go before Tanner McKee. Hmm. Yes. Okay. 70, DJ Turner to the Rams. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, Let's see. I'm just going to start Ooh, skipping okay. some. Sydney Brown to the Saints. Yeah. I love that. I it love made that. sense to me, too. I, th- I thought it was a good pickup for them. Titans get Marvin Mims Jr. Texans get Cedric Tillman. Okay. I will. I will s- you want to flip I'll, those? I'll say this about what I'm looking at here. What you're doing for the Bears is is amazing yeah what you're doing for the titans it makes sense because it doesn't seem to have a rhyme or reason and that's what the titans are right now and i really did bp or position of need for them more than anyone Mm -hmm. the bears i did position of need the titans i did position of need because the titans they didn't get a quarterback in this draft they couldn't Mm -hmm. they were not able to get any of the other best players. And so the two positions that you have to do, because you've got to try to make Malik Willis look good, so get a tackle and get another receiver. Mm -hmm. Texans take Cedric Tillman, uh, Gervin Dexter Sr. for the uh, Browns, uh, Jamie Robinson, safety for the Falcons, Wayne Morris, offensive tackle Oklahoma to the Patriots, Rasheed Rice, wide receiver to the Rams. That is a very good pickup for them, I think. Sam Laporta to the Packers, tight end. Luke Whipler, Indianapolis Colts. Noah Sewell lands with the Steelers. I was shocked he was still available. That's incredible. I did not force that either. Uh, the Steelers had other positions of need, but I, I couldn't I couldn't pass that up. Jaron Hall, quarterback BYU, goes to the Detroit Lions. Thoughts? What? Okay. You can be mean. It's okay. Is that a dumb pick in your mind? There's other quarterbacks on the board. There really weren't. I mean... Name one, other than like Stetson, because the next best name that was recognizable was Max Duggan. <laughs> I mean, you, you can go with like a non-recognizable name. I don't know why you go Jaron Hall there. I think just to have some insurance in case golf plays bad again or is is hurt mm-hmm. because the Lions have had the best draft right now other than the Bears. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of, in my opinion, this is like your fifth pick and it's mm-hmm. pick 82. 
you can't afford to throw a dart at the board. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of my favorite sayings, isn't it, Monica? We'll throw something at the board and see if it sticks. Yeah. That's Jaron Hall, in my opinion. Do you, I mean, with all the rumors that the Patriots are shopping Mac Jones. Right. Why don't they because Bill Belichick, package some of this and say, hey, we'll Bill, take Mac Jones off your hands. Bill Belichick is one of those guys that I think would, would trade Mac Jones for a ham sandwich and a nickel before he gave him to Detroit. I don't think he likes Detroit. I don't know why. I just don't think he likes Detroit. Um, just like he hates Cleveland. I don't, it's, you know, <laughs> Tampa Bay, 83 takes KJ Henry. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver, goes to the Seahawks, 84. Caillou Blue Kelly to the Dolphins, a cornerback at 85. Henry Toato. This is where I, I was saying, I think he could be a, a Drew Tranquil for them. You know, he's not a guy that is going to be great in coverage. No. He's not a guy that's going to be spectacular. But I think he could rush the quarterback. I think mm-hmm. he could rack up 100-something tackles a year. Um, Baltimore Ravens, Garrett Williams, cornerback. That would be a good pick. There's where I think my favorite third-round pick. Minnesota Vikings take Kayshawn Bout, wide receiver, LSU. Pair him up with Jay Jettas. Keep going with what you're doing. Uh, Thomas Encombe. Never heard of him. <laughs> had neither. Darius Rush, cornerback. Dallas Cowboys at 91 take Roshan Johnson. Again, Tony Pollard not guaranteed to have a long-term contract. Buffalo Bills take DeMarvian Overshone. Uh, he will hopefully replace Tremaine Edmonds for them. Mm-hmm. And then at 93, Travias Hodges Tomlinson to the Bengals, a cornerback. Brandon Joseph, a safety to the Panthers to opposite play opposite of Jeremy Chin. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia Eagles take Keanu Benton. Brandon Hill, safety for the Pitt, from Pitt, goes to the Chiefs at 96. We're coming up on the end of round three, and then we'll call it a night. Right. Trey Palmer, wide receiver to the Cardinals. they got to replace D-Hop somehow. He's getting traded. Right. It's just a matter of when. They also have a pick again. They take an offensive lineman, Steve Avila. 99, Trey Tucker to the Browns, a wide receiver, Cincinnati. Kytrell Clark, corner goes to the 49ers. Carter Warren, tackle goes to the Raiders. Byron Young, Alabama, interior defensive lineman, goes to the 49ers. And then at 103, and this is the end of round three, the 49ers take Blake Freeland, offensive tackle BYU. So give me your love it and hate it, love it and leave it picks that you remember. Two, one pick that you loved, one pick that you say, leave that behind. Don't talk about Detroit because we already did that one. You got to do a different I'll one. I'll say I didn't like Jaron Hall, and I understood where you were going with Tanner McKee, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this class is deep enough. It's probably not, but I think teams panic. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the Steelers drafted Landry Jones years ago and Mason Rudolph years ago. I think it's it's one of the reasons why you had the Browns draft Brandon Whedon and Johnny mm-hmm. Menzel and even Baker Mayfield at one. Mm-hmm. They panicked. Could you imagine if they had taken Josh Allen um, or Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes the other year that they had the ability to? Um what about your love at picks? Do you have two or three of those? We'll love us to the Colts. I really think that's going to be a good that one. That one jumped out at me. Yeah. As, like, I saw that one. I was like, whoa, that would be good. Absolutely. One other love it? Or... That was the main one that jumped out at me. I 
I mean, we just went through so many. Yeah. Well, next week, I think what I'm going to do is do a little bit of... Let me pull it up so Monica can see it, too. I want to see here. Okay. Go back over to TDN. Oh, and you had... Uh, when you had the... The Will Anderson and Jalen Carter going to the Lions. You liked that? That would be Yeah, that, that would, would be, be really sick. good. I think next week I'm gonna try to do some reviews of like the top ten prospects that T D N has and whether I agree or disagree. Um and we might take two of those a day because there's ten, so that would be five. I'm gonna try to do a little bit of some shorter podcasts next week, but then after that, we're going up into April the sixteenth and um we're we will be two weeks away from the NFL draft. Okay. So, um, again, remember for the listeners of the podcast, the plan right now is that I will take a hiatus um, probably around May the 14th. I will take my hiatus, and I will not be back on the GOAT podcast until July, more than likely. And so we'll have some other guys guest hosting, probably play around with a few less episodes a week but there'll be basketball playoffs to talk about, hockey playoffs, baseball will be back in full swing. There'll be college sports to be talking about with baseball and softball continuing to kind of wrap up, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you you know, you'll have all of that to talk about as well. I do think one of the things that I want to know from you guys are what are some sports that we're not covering that you'd like to have covered? And we can see what we can do from there. Because I have the mic right here. Yeah. Softball. I, I need somebody that can do it. And ah. if you if you like the idea of the GOAT Network instead of just the GOAT Podcast, there could be a going on a tangent network if we had enough interest and built it up and it would separate from Scattered Abroad at that point. If we if we get people in softball, like if we get people interested, I would do softball podcast. That would be amazing. I would do it. Monica is an umpire as well yes. in her spare time, which is not much. I don't have much spare time. That's her That's her side hustle. Yes. And it's a good one for her. She's good at it. And so that's just some things to think about on the GOAT podcast because I really have enjoyed having an avenue to talk about this because you don't have the ability to just find – I hope content that number one, you can trust and number two, that you can actually trust listening to without hearing something that is absolutely off of what you would like. So Monica, I will let you with the final minute of this podcast, ask me any question from a fantasy football draft perspective. You can ask me about draft strategy. You can ask me about draft trading. You can ask me about how to build a roster from scratch and we will then call it an episode. Um, let's see. Let's talk about trading draft picks. This is something that I know quite a lot about uh, because every year I basically try to trade as many draft picks as possible. Yes. So how do you do that in your mind when you're... So it's it's kind of like a... If I were to make a trade with you for you know, next year's number one pick. Mm -hmm. I would look at it and go, okay, next year's number one pick for her is going to be a top two pick because you're still building your roster. Right. So you're not a playoff team yet, but you're getting there. So I know I need to try to make it worth your while. I need to make it something that you can actually enjoy saying, yeah, that's better. For me, it's volume over value even. Mm -hmm. Like if I, and I think there's, 
you can probably just agree or disagree, but if you're getting to pick one player, mm-hmm. one player, or I'm going to give you eight, and let's say that of those eight, and I'll give you my first round pick too, mm-hmm. because of those eight, let's say I'm picking probably five or six, mm-hmm. give or take, as long as I continue to do well. Right. I'm picking late in the first round because we only have a six-team league. Stop laughing. It's viable, and it's really fun. You should try it. But I'm picking five or six. So I'm saying, okay, I'm going to give you the fifth pick. Let's just say I don't win the championship because I haven't the last year. So I'll give you the fifth pick. You're getting pick number five. I'm getting. I'm jumping up to one. Mm-hmm. I would try to give you defensive player depth and help because that's a huge way to score. So yeah. I'd look at your team and go, okay, she needs linebackers. Mm-hmm. I have a ton of linebackers. Linebackers, I think, defensively are like running backs for me. Um, yes. I love them defensively. They're, I do too. They're amazing. And so I could call you up and say, all right, I'll give you this linebacker and the number five pick, and I'll give you a couple of quarterbacks. They may not be superstars, but they're going to start. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you a wide receiver or two, and I'll give you this. I package all the deal to make it a valuable asset for you to then say, yeah, the number two pick is not worth what those guys will do for me. Mm-hmm. In your mind, you have a set value for the number two pick yeah, or the number one pick. Mm-hmm. But that value changes, in my opinion, the moment you hear the names and you start to look at your roster and go, I could plug and play that guy. I could plug and play that guy. And I could plug and play that guy. And right now I can't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Quarterbacks are great. And in a dynasty super flex, you know, league, you're trying to draft quarterbacks first. Right. However, a quarterback can't play safety. He can't play running back other than Lamar Jackson. He can't play wide receiver, tight end, defensive back, linebacker, or defensive line. Mm-hmm. So if you have eight holes on your team and quarterback is one of them, mm-hmm. my argument would be trade that number two pick because I'm probably not taking a quarterback with it. Mm-hmm. I'm probably taking another position of need. I'll give you quarterbacks. They may not be better than the guy at two, but you could make the argument they are better than the guy at two because they've played. Right. You know what they are. Right. And then you go from there. Um, does all of that make sense? Yeah. Do you do you think that you're, that you're, what you would give in return for a pick would change based on whether you do the deal before or after the draft? I always want to do a deal before the draft. Mm-hmm. I don't like doing a deal after the draft because people get too, like, obsessed with the fit Mm -hmm. and so like last year i traded for the number one pick before kenny pickett was selected Mm -hmm. i knew i was going to take a quarterback Uh i was taking whatever quarterback the steelers were taking because i knew we were taking a quarterback Mm -hmm. i think the smoke and mirrors of mitchell trubisky did not again the draft should be before free agency if free agency was after the (sighs) draft so annoying but i knew i was taking a quarterback and the moment kenny pickett's name was said we were watching the draft yes and I looked at you and said, there's my number one pick. And mm-hmm. I didn't. I hadn't told anybody else that. And yeah. everybody knew it. It was probably the the worst kept secret since Jamison took Joe Burrow number one overall a couple years ago. Because <laughs> um, I texted Jamison and said, who are you taking? And he just typed back, you know who. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's taking Burrow. Because I was going to try to take Burrow. Right. I had the number two pick yeah. in that year. But, oh well. But yeah, it changes. I never like doing a trade after the, after the draft. Mm-hmm. I'll do it. 
Mm-hmm. And last year I did it for like George Pickens mm-hmm. and a couple of other pieces that I knew I wanted. But I really don't like it because I also can find myself getting too enamored with the fit. Like if Bijan mm-hmm. Robinson goes to the Chargers, you could be tempted to try to move heaven and earth to get that guy and overpay. Yeah. And I overpay sometimes. There's no doubt. Yeah. But I think it's fair to say that it's rare that I make an overpayment for a player and I don't end up doing well in one way or another. Mm-hmm. I always seem to come out on top in one area of the trade. Yeah. And it might even be, I, you know what I like to say trading. I like to do what type of trading? Uh it's like tier trading. Yeah, stair trading, right? Yeah. Um, and so I might I might trade with you. Uh, you've seen those TV shows or the TikToks or YouTube videos or whatever where it's like, I'm going to take this penny and I'm going to buy a house with it. And they barter their way up yeah. to, to the house. I do that with draft, you know, draft yeah. picks and also players. I'm going to take, let's just say, the worst player on my team. And I'll trade him to this guy who desperately needs him. And then I'll take that player and I'll I'll stair trade my way to what I want. Yeah. I did that one year and I had the first twelve picks in the draft. And that's ridiculous. It was so much fun because our rosters are so big that you can do that. And so I managed to have like the first twelve picks in the draft, or the first ten or five or whatever. And then I traded some of those picks away to shore up the team. I've been known to even blow my team up. Mm-hmm. After I've won a championship or after I've lost one and just start Let's from make scratch. A deal for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, that would take quite and Josh a lot. Allen. <laughs> quite a lot. Um, but I yeah, want both of them. When I when I say you know you're looking at a guy, Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. If I told you today he landed in Baltimore, would you be trading the number two pick? Absolutely not. If I told you that he was going to land in Houston, would you trade the number two pick? Probably. Yeah. If I told you Anthony Richardson was going to land in Washington, would you trade the number two pick? It would be intriguing. Yeah. You would think about it, but you still might trade the number two pick. Yeah. But what if I told you trading the number two pick or trading this or that, you could still get a quarterback in round two in this type of draft class because you can. Yeah. And you also were able to get five to seven players in addition to that. Mm-hmm. But what people don't realize, and Daniel Webster and Jameson and others, they may, they may not like this, but my philosophy is your team doesn't get better with three draft picks in the top 15. Mm-hmm. Your team gets better with two draft picks in the top 15 and adding five to seven viable starters to that. Because yeah. now for one pick, you've added 10 players to your team, basically. Mm-hmm. Those three, it's kind of like Moneyball. I don't know, and I'm rambling just a little bit, but I'm going to bring it in right here. If you've watched the movie Moneyball, it was about a team. It was right up your alley, too, with you being an accountant. It's right up your alley. You got a team that says, let's make the analytics be the thing that matters the most. Instead of getting one guy for $40 million, let's find three guys for 20 Mm -hmm. that can do the production of that one guy. Mm -hmm. And everybody said they were crazy. They went to the playoffs. Yes, they, did. they probably could have won a championship that year if things had gone their way a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. I think it's a viable idea for people like you and Bradley and Dan and others to stop thinking of the, the draft picks as this insanely valuable thing for y'all. Yes, they might be valuable for me and Daniel and Jameson and other guys that are higher up in their draft, in their leagues. But they're not as valuable for you or for someone else who says, I'm going to take one player I'll take Will Levis. He, he went to the best team. He's on the best fit. I'm taking Will Levis. Cool. 
and you still need three linebackers, a safety, a wide receiver, and two running backs. Yeah. Well, if you could make a draft trade where you got that and you'd lose out on C.J. Stroud and Will Levis and Bryce Young, but Anthony Richardson is sitting there in round two. I'm not taking Anthony Richardson. Why wouldn't you do it, though? You know what I mean? Like, you still need a quarterback. Yeah. You still have to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Make it make make sense more so that way than anything else. And I think that's where people that overvalue the draft picks, that's why they're picking in the top three every year. Mm -hmm. Matthew, your brother, my brother-in-law, years ago, did this strategy that I'm talking about, and he made it to the championship and won. And nobody's really tried to do it since in any of the teams that have come in other than Daniel Webster. And he's close, but he's not quite there yet. I think this could be a really big year for him, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, Jamison and I have been able to you know, hold him off, but I think it's gonna, the battle's going to break soon, and Daniel will win a championship. But Matthew came in and like essentially said, who cares about the draft picks? It was the Los Angeles Rams. And in fantasy football, you can do that. You Lose can say, you know, yeah, forget, forget the picks. You don't have to worry about that. And Matthew went away and picked up guys, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb, that were afterthoughts for us mm-hmm. because we had those positions shored up. And Matthew won a championship with those players. Mm-hmm. And then he took his draft picks and w- made out like, you know, just gangbuster with it. I mean, it was absolutely a spectacular strategy that no one in the upper echelon of a league can do because they don't need those players. Mm-hmm. That's the strategy that I would implore with, with trading is I would try to go in. out. Don't do it like Bradley did. Bradley, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Don't trade away all your players for washed-up guys. But a DeAndre Hopkins, a Trey Lance, a Brock Purdy, Tremaine Edmonds, you're looking at guys like that, why wouldn't you trade them? Why wouldn't you trade for them? Or a guy like on your team, Aaron Rodgers, why wouldn't you trade Aaron Rodgers yeah. if you could get a first-round pick for him? I mean, you do that. You make that make sense. And I think that's the type of strategy that wins leagues. Mm-hmm. And people can call me crazy, and people can say, well, Jameson wins like that. Well, yeah, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. You know, you can skin it before or after it's dead. I choose to do it before. It's more enjoyable. Uh, no, I'm kidding. It's, it's getting late. That's disturbing. Anyways, that's ultimately the goal. Mm-hmm. You're trying to trade for value or for volume in some ways and not even value. Mm-hmm. If you try to do value, you're never going to get value for the number one pick in a league like ours. Mm-hmm. You're never going to do it. We used to do it where the championship determined who got the number one pick because people set their lineups better that way. Maybe in some ways that needs to come back. I don't know. I doubt it will come back. But teams like you and Bradley, and other, if you had the fifth overall pick, would you be more likely to trade it? For a host of players? Yeah, probably so. But we have it in our minds. Like last year, for example, would you have taken Kenny Pickett at number one overall? Probably. Mm-hmm. Would you have taken Malik Willis at two? Because that's what the consensus says you got to do. And then Desmond mm-hmm. Ritter's got to go at three. No one wants to do that. Mm-hmm. No league does that. And if they do that, it's because they are in a league of 10-plus players of owners in their league, and they've got to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. I say all that to say this. Guys, it's been a wonderful week on the GOAT podcast. Mm-hmm. This is my quote-unquote top 50. I will do a top 25 before the draft uh, happens. And then afterwards, we're really going to shift to, like, who had the best fit 
But then, honest, honestly, it's going to shift to fantasy football for the two-week review. What players should you be targeting in your draft, and what players should you be leaving? But, Monica, thanks again for jo- joining the podcast yeah, and hopping on. Glad to do it. And until Monday, take care.